the community. Inspire Radio. Got to love a little bit of Die Straits, uh, the old walk of life. One uh, of my favourite. <laughs> yeah, that's I like that track. Hey, it's we've got our next special guest on, and this guy is 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 amazing. He is sitting in uh, COVID ravaged London as we speak. He is it is Dr. Andreas Aresti. He's from the University of Westminster. On uh, Andy is the head of or one of the heads of. British convict criminology. Uh, he's also involved in equality and criminal justice studies, and he's a senior lecturer of criminology in the School of Social Sciences at the University of Westminster. He is a psych, um, a psychology major, has done a lot of work with that, and works extensively in prisons in Britain and also expanding to other countries. And we thought it would be great to get you on, Andy, and, and have a chat. How you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. Yeah, brother, I'm good, good. I'm, I'm actually speaking from sunny London today. It's actually sunny today, so uh, I'm quite happy. I've got a big smile on my face because the weather's been terrible over here. You're allowed and outside yet? we've been stuck in... Sorry? You allowed outside yet? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still going into work and that. Um, I'm allowed to go into the office and that because it's difficult to work at home when you've got kids and that. But, yeah, the restrictions are really bad, so... I, I, I've heard from our conversations before that it's sort of easier over there in terms of the restrictions. It definitely so, sounds easier over here at the moment. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I would stay over there for the time being. Don't bother coming over here because you'll be stuck <laughs> indoors. It'd be like being in prison, I tell you. You're going to hate to hear this, my friend. It's, uh, it was 35 degrees today and it was uh, perfect beach weather over here in uh, in sunny Perth. My really? Friend. Absolutely. Do you, want to, do you actually want to carry on with this interview or not? Because <laughs> if you start uh, provoking me, mate, I'm telling you right no, now. It's a problem I have with Lucas all the time, eh? I tell you. <laughs> Jeez, I've got to deal with him like every week now. Hey, uh, Andres, oh can you God. tell us, Andy, give us, give us a bit of a rundown, man, about some of the stuff you do. Give us a rundown on your Inside Out program and, and Convict Criminology and, and just tell us about what you do and why um, you're passionate about the stuff we're talking about. Okay, so first of all, I'm a an ex-con, I'm a former prisoner, and it was, um, you know, I'm not saying that prison worked for me, but I made prison work for me. So when I went into prison, I started studying. Before that, I was a roofer, like in the construction industry, and that, and obviously involved in crime, you know, you know, not street sort of crime. I got done for stealing cocaine and stuff like that. I was quite a part animal back in those days. So, yeah, so I went into prison, got into studying in that, and I realised, you know, over the years, the transformational potential of higher education in particular. So a lot of our work is based around trying to get people that have been in prison or are in prison into higher education, particularly in criminology or cognate disciplines, related disciplines. And we're trying to sort of, because obviously we know what changes that can make to the, to the individual, really. So, um, and then... I heard when I was doing my PhD, I heard about this sort of network called Convict Criminology, which is ex-con academics that have had that lived experience of prison. And a lot of these people coming out of prison and doing criminology degrees and stuff like that and, you know, PhDs and that, and realising actually what the literature was saying about their experiences. You know, most of the work done on prisons back in the day, especially maybe 30 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever, was done by people that had never even been in a prison. So what we were arguing, or what these people, the originators, were arguing, was that, well, you know, they're talk all these people are doing research on prisoners and telling us what prison's like, but it's nothing like, 
you know, our lived experience. Or I'm exaggerating a bit there, but do you know what I mean? So basically, they started up this network where these ex-con academics were writing about prisons and getting other people that were like themselves in prison or had been in prison to write about prisons, like academic publications, doing research. So in effect, that's what we do. We do a lot of research on prisons, but our main sort of focus is that lived experience. So privileging the voice of prisoners, because whatever country you're in around the world, you know, what is fundamentally neglected is the prisoner's voice. So that's what we do in effect. So building on that, what we've done is we've developed convict chronology over here, you know, and what we do is we have got about three, well, we've got quite a few projects in prisons where we go in, we do criminology courses in there, we take our students in there. And the beauty of that is that by taking our students into the prisons to study together, in effect, with serving prisoners, the students actually, we're, we're breaking down social barriers because a lot of our students, when they first go into prison, they've got this preconception of, one, what prison is like, and two, what criminals, in inverted com commas, are like. And when they meet these guys in prison, they're like, oh, my God, these people are just like us. Yeah. You know, so it, that, that, that's the beauty of our project, right? So we do one in one of the oldest prisons in the country, which is HMP Pentonville, which is in London, in North London. And that's where I serve time. So that project particularly is really significant to me because when I go back in, I serve time in that prison, obviously a long time ago, over 20 years ago. But so, you know, that's got personal significance. But we do projects in other prisons as well. And what we're trying to do is get prisoners into higher education and particularly criminology so they can continue with the, the work that we're doing in effect. Beautiful. So, Beautiful. yeah, HMP Pentonville was one of our babies. We've got a couple of other prisons where there's much longer-term prisoners. And um, what we do there is with our students, we go in and we're doing reading groups with guys that are either doing degrees or master's degrees. And, in effect, we're writing publications. So we are writing about current issues. We've got serving prisoners writing with our students, academic publications. So we're really... This is authentic knowledge. This isn't secondary knowledge from someone that is interpreting someone else's experience. We've got the people who are actually living that experience now writing about their experiences. So that, that I mean, that's the beautiful thing for that's me, incredible. particularly. It's so different, isn't it? It's such, yeah. a, such an important thing. To, it's such an and important thing to roll very, Yeah, exactly. And, and one other thing we're doing, we mentor maybe 30, maybe more, I can't even remember the numbers, my colleague, Dr. Sasha Dark, who works with me at the Uni of Westminster, he, he deals with the mentoring side, but we're mentoring prisoners in higher education that are doing criminology, so we're supporting them. And we also have, what, we've got three, four, four PhD students now that have studied criminology, and uh, they're now based at ours, so they're convict criminologists. Um, we've got one that is doing his PhD with us from prison, because he's not allowed out. We've got one that comes from an open prison up to the university, few days a week and I've got one that was at an open prison that was coming to us and he's out now and he started a PhD and my other PhD student a woman which is great from an ethnic minority background because these voices are particularly um, underrepresented you know female voices in the criminal justice system the problem with the criminal justice system is because 
generally around the world, it's mainly men. You know, there's this strong relationship between men and crime. Same here. Everything focuses on men, right? Yeah. And they try and sort of um, apply that experience and what it's like for a man to be in prison to women. And obviously it's different, right? Women have got different needs. Women go into prison for different reasons and come out of prison um, and have have to experience different sort of types of... um, obstacles and you know and a lot of women that down in prison are mothers absolutely and that is you know and it's usually women that are the primary caregivers so this is a massive minefield so absolutely. i like to think that we're doing our bit absolutely you know i um, and you know i love planting a lot right so yeah. like, you won't stop me talking you yeah. said 15 minutes this would be about 15 hours mate let me tell you mate we're gonna break it we're, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm get, we're gonna put a song on and then we've got some questions for you after the stuff you've been talking about because yeah. we've got some questions coming through so what, mate, I, I know, Give me, hit me up with the type of song that you might want to put on, man. We'll punch a song on for you. What are you thinking? What song am I thinking at this moment in time? Would you well, like a bit of jazz? I know you're a bit of a jazz man. Yeah, yeah, put some jazz on for me, yeah. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. I like jazz. I like dance music because I told you, I'm still, although I'm 100 years old, I still like partying. So whatever, jazz is good. Done. Let's hit up with a let's hit up with a bit of Ella Fitzgerald, my friend, and we'll uh, if you can hang around, we'll excellent. come back and ask some questions shortly. Yeah, excellent, mate. Before we crack on with our interview, um, if anyone has any questions, send us line at talking time at inspireradio.org.au or send us a text at zero four double two zero one. Eight three double seven. That might be wrong, Lucas, but um, we're going to roll with. Oh four double two one oh eight three double seven. We um, Alicia just had a mild stroke, I think, and we just picked her up <laughs> off the floor, and we got there. Hey, it's the weekend wind down. Give me a break. All right, go, Alicia. It's all you. All right. Um, as a youth teacher and mentor currently myself, um, you know, I understand the importance of education and personal development you know, for individuals. But if we were to look at some of the questions some of our listeners or non-cons might have, I'm just going to throw some out um, and see if you can provide us with a bit of an answer or information. Um, Why should inmates be given the opportunity to have that personal development or look at higher education um, when they're doing their time or afterwards? Okay, brilliant question. I I was anticipating that that was going to come up. Right. What, what we've got to remember with the Western legal system, particularly, right, is that we do it on, you know, you, you, um, you go to prison, it's a form of punishment, but also in our system, it rehabilitation as well. You're not just punishing. Obviously, people have got to pay the price for their crime, and I agree, right, because I obviously have empathy, sympathy for the victims of crime, okay, particularly heinous crime. But at some point, right, at some point, given the way that our legal system operates, people are going to come out of prison, right? They're going to come out. So for us, it makes more sense to try and help these people to sort of shift out of crime, okay, and become proactive and pro-social citizens, right? And you can't do that if you're just punishing them. So you've got to give them other means of um, finding new ways of living in the world um, positively and effectively, right? So it makes sense, yeah? The more you punish people and the, you, the more obstacles and restrictions you put in front of them, of course they're going to go back to crime. I mean, there's points in my experience, right, where I sort of thought, why am I doing all this work and I'm having to experience this stigma and it's difficult to get a job or this, that and the other, so I might as well go back to crime. 
So how does that um, help society? So the economic and the benefits and the uh, uh, benefits in terms of social welfare and, you know, reducing crime, we need to be doing something in prison. It doesn't make any sense to just lock people up and make them even worse than what they originally were. The importance of helping them integrate back into society as well as looking at providing a sense of purpose to stop that um, re-offending cycle to continue. Exactly. Exactly, because, listen, unless you're going to lock these people up for life, which obviously we can't do, right, then you've got to think of alternatives, right, of trying to reintegrate them. So, yeah, that's why. Fantastic, mate. That's absolutely right. Um, So... Greatest thing, mate, that you've you've said to me so far is about you know issues that, that are in uh, that are going on in the UK. Um, everything you said is exactly the same here in Australia. So we um, we're obviously doing a little bit of stuff together um, in regards to to expanding yeah. this. What, what what would you see as a as a couple of the biggest things that Australia should start to look at or deal with in our own um, corrections or or use that term loosely in our own justice system um, over here? What should you, what do you think we should be looking to do? Okay, I mean the two major things for me is first of all is you know these prison projects that we do the prison where we the, the prison university partnerships or pipeline where we go into prison as an academic institution we have a collaboration with the prison we take our students in and these are accredited modules some of them yeah so the students the prison in, we call them inside learners and we call our students outside learners. The inside learners get credits at the end of this module, which they can use towards further education. I think that should be going on in Australia. I mean, I think through through our conversations, definitely you've told me it's not really going on. But that actually, the feedback we get from the prisoners about the modules and that, and it really sort of motivates them to want to get into studying and that, given that higher education particularly has got massive, significant transformational potential, I think you should be doing that. Now, we've taken this... This isn't only in the UK. We've taken it to um, Italy. We've taken it to Brazil. We've taken it to Argentina. That's one of the benefits of my job, right? I get to go around the world. And our model is being run in other countries, particularly in South America, in um, Brazil and Argentina. And going into those prisons and taking our model there, and the guys just love it. I mean, you know, so it's such a motivator for change, these prison modules where we're going in and and taking students in as well. And and that's part of the integration process as well. One 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 guy said to us once, uh, a prisoner, he goes, I've never hung around with people like your students. And, you know, for me, that was brilliant. That was like he's seen a different thing in life and he loved it. It's life-changing. So, you know, yeah. life-changing. And changing perceptions, yeah. And the other thing is that I think, I don't. if you're the same as over here, I think you really need to look at the women, uh, women in the criminal justice system because they're often neglected. And Absolutely. ethnic minorities, because over here there's a lot of the ethnic minorities are overrepresented in the prison population and the criminal justice system throughout the whole process. And my question is, why is that? Are these pe- these right. people aren't any different. You know, they're not biologic. It's not in their DNA to commit crimes. So it's got to be with social structures and social issues. Do, do you see what I mean? You know, 100%. this is why these people are in. It's about um, oppression of particular 
people and cohorts and minorities, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that should be looked at as well. And it's so it's Certainly. the same here, um, and it's 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 we we have a huge overrepresentation issue here with Indigenous and First Nations people, and mm-hmm. it is it is an ongoing um, space for research, but it's also an ongoing issue that, uh, that that there are some states that are doing a, a huge amount of work in. I know that there is some stuff that, that is motoring along here in Western Australia, um, but but the issue is not just allotted to one state and. Mate, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on today, and, and I'd love to uh, I'd love to get you back on here again at another time, um, and and to chat further about the stuff you're doing. And and when you're out here in Australia, my man, we will uh, get off the fishing boat and we'll bring you in and interview you live in here. How does that sound? That sounds really. Make sure you know I like partying, mate. So make sure you've. Uh, you're going to be taking me to all the clubs and that, yeah? Oh, yeah, done, man. Two, two, two really <laughs> yeah, attractive no. ball guys dancing, dancing the lights all out. That'll be how it works, huh? Talk to yourself. I, I'm, I'm delusional. I think I'm attractive, right? So, you know. <laughs> I think Lucas does the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Secretly, the guy I see in the mirror every day thinks he's pretty too, but that's all right. We'll get there. Hey, brother, thank you so we're much. Me and you like twins, mate. Oh, yeah, that's we're it, like man. twins, me and you, aren't we? That's exactly right. Hey, Dr. Andre Ceresti, thank you so much for coming on today, we my really friend, and, uh, and we'll talk to you very soon. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And I'll, I'll see you both soon, hopefully. Take care. Excellent, mate. Thank you. And this is uh, Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. We'll be back after, uh, after we pay some bills. For the community, Inspire Radio.